call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Hey, I know when that hotline blinks. That can only mean one thing. Welcome to So Many Goods. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Melissa Patterson. Melissa, how are you? Good. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, not too much. Oh, <laughs> you weren't talking to What's me. What's going on, Bill? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks. Cool. It's, it's good to I didn't you. care as much about your response. That's valid. Oh, that was mean. That's understandable. That's a really harsh way to start. Let's do it over. Bill, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for asking. Oh, so wonderful. happy. Uh, as a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Melissa, uh, yes, what have you been playing lately? Okay, I've been playing a couple things. Okay. I'm all, I'm all, all over the place. Uh, I, all this talk about the Last of Us sequel, I got excited, I went out and got the remastered version. I'm going to say it's really good, uh, but it's just like the Last of Us, we've all... We've all played it at this point. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> Every single human in the world. That's uh, why they're making another one. But uh, uh, another cool game that I just downloaded, it's uh, an indie game, and I think uh, it's on Steam, it's on the PlayStation Network, I don't know if it's on Xbox, um, as I am not an Xbox user, but I respect the culture. <laughs> how, uh, how thoughtful, how tactful. <laughs> it's called Gone Home. I don't know if you've ever played that one. I've played Gone Home. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just started. I've maybe played it. I, I, I want to find every single thing in it. Okay, let me... Oh, my gosh. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Here's how... It, here's the format. It's like uh, it's like a first-person mode. Uh, you're a cool chick coming home from a year in Amsterdam. Um, Very in cool. 1995. Your home is in Portland, Oregon. So cool. The, the whole entire... Just the concept of this game is already insanely cool. You're, um, yeah, and there's like all kinds of, t- uh, there's punk music and a lot of music references. I'm assuming the creators were really into 1990s Portland. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool. You, co- you, uh, you don't really have it. There's no other characters. Um, you just walk around an abandoned house and you just kind of search to find out why no one is home. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm still not sure why no one's home. Uh, but finding lots of notes, leaving all the lights on. That's wise. I mean, you're in, it's kind of an unfamiliar house for you at this point, if you've been gone a year. It's, yeah, well, okay, well, here's the, the thing. I know all the story, because I was just playing this not too long ago. Uh, you, uh, the family, my family, my name is Kate, Caitlin Greenbrier. <laughs> Caitlin Greenbrier's family just moved there while she was in Amsterdam for a year. So she knows nothing of this house. Oh. It's huge and dark, and there's secret passageways. Well, you've played it. I have played it, though I've forgotten some of the details. I forgot that detail that your family moved to this new house while you were away. Oh, yeah. I mean, that uh, Gone Home is an excellent game. I really enjoyed it uh, when I played it. Uh, it's very different from most other stuff that's out there. It's Oh, yeah. I, insane, insane format. Mm-hmm. Insane. Sometimes it gets like uh, negatively called a walking simulator. I don't think that's very fair. 
Uh, I can see where that's coming from, but yeah, I think it's a lot more than that. I think this one is like very, very much about collecting pieces to fill out a story or fill out a world um, that you've been away from. I I think it's really good, and the and the arts arts great. Yeah, pretty game. It's a beautiful game. Like I, I think it is a, a straightforward story. Soon, like uh, if you just put if you knew everything from the beginning. It'd be like, okay, well, I understand how we're getting X to Y to Z. But, like, the, wow. the way you're exploring the house is, like, that's a thing you can only do in video games. Like, um, a movie or a book could not accomplish that same uh, exploration and uh, gathering of information. Yeah, and it seems like a game that you could... I don't, it, it seems like a game that you could fly through um, and maybe just get the major pieces or like take your take your sweet time and just get like like bits of what I'm currently doing. I'm into it. Excellent, excellent. Good game. You'll I'm gonna give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from Melissa for the Gone Home. So far, it's, so far, it's no Uncharted Four. It's no Uncharted Four, which I think I gave one thumb up. <laughs> I, I think we give it like a six out of ten. Six out of ten, which would be one point. One thumb one and, and one a, finger. One, there you go. But a which middle finger? finger. It was, <laughs> middle finger. <laughs> you might be glad to know then that those developers, uh, they're working on a game called Tacoma now. Oh my gosh, is it like, I've read this book called, uh, I don't know, this girl, if I stay, this girl's in like a coma. I hope it's similar to that. I Have you ever heard of that book? No. Oh. Though Tacoma is set in space. So, Tacoma. Tacoma. I thought you said coma. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is... I'm still interested. <laughs> Tacoma. I mean, yeah, yeah. So they're it's working exciting. on that. It's going to come out sometime next year. Oh, sweet. And, yeah, they're, tr- they're trying to build on what they did in Gone Home. So we'll have to check back on that and see how they did. Yeah, yeah. Great format. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you checked that out. Yeah, it's yeah. a good time. Cool. What are you doing? What, what is what's your game jam right now, man? My game jam is uh, so you know we talked about this before. You got to have the, the home game and the portable. Oh game. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's a system to all this. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. I'm not gonna talk about that anymore, <laughs> just because I've talked about it in like the last three episodes. Overwatch, man. I've heard good things. You should check it out. Mostly from you. Yes. <laughs> uh, right now, though, I've been playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag Fe at home. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, it's an continue. R- okay, it's an RPG. It's set in modern day Japan, and you're some naturally you're some teenagers, and some teenagers. Yeah, you're just Hell yeah. you're just like this average kid, and your best friend uh, slash obvious girlfriend who you only you can tell is not your girlfriend. Oh gosh. And but she, you're outside of it, so you know. Well, I, I'm outside of it, so yeah, I guess the bitter hand of dramatic irony strikes every moment. <laughs> I'm already digging this. Keep going. And you you go to watch your friend, like accidentally you go to see your friend audition to be an idol. Uh, if you're not, I mean, I, I don't know how obvious this is, but idols are like pop stars in Japan. Like, okay. That's their term for it. And there are demons that show up, and they're trying to steal the performa from the crowd. This game has me sold. This sounds so good. <laughs> so when you want to fight back against these performa-stealing demons, you have to tap into your own performa, which summons a character from the Fire Emblem games. 
Fire Emblem being this... Hashtag FE. Hashtag FE. Oh my gosh. That's this medieval turn-based strategy RPG. And they show up and you like kind of do a, a fusion dance with them. And you, bec- you, like, you wear all their armor and they become like your weapon. Oh my gosh. And then you fight with them in turn-based RPG battles. What? <laughs> uh, this game sounds like it would be really great if you played it uh, under the influence of drugs. There is a lot to, yeah, that, that would enhance that, yeah. Like, the battles, too, they're, like, stage performances. Like, they, they take place in a concert arena. Oh, And, like, yes. y- your characters show up on, like, jumbotrons in the background. Oh, that's beautiful. It's, it's been good. I've, I've only played the first two hours right now. Uh, so I got through the prologue, and I started chapter one, uh, which introduces most of the main cast, and, like... Now you now you have to be an idol too, basically, to hang out with your idol friend because now she made it. She well, she's a mirage master, you see. Oh yes, she's. A, <laughs> I didn't see until you mentioned. Like now that you've said it, I can see it because it was a mirage. <laughs> now, now you know the truth. Whoa! I know you're a mirage master, and you that means you can summon the fire emblem characters to do the fusion dance with you and fight. And they need, it's very hard to find people who can do that, so you have to join them in their squad that fights demons. And they're all idols. Like, just to give you, to give you an idea of this game, like, the first thing that happens after you press, like, new game on, it, an anime intro happens. Like, it's just a two-minute anime intro. It's like, okay, that, that's what this is. Okay, okay. I'm a big fan of anime. Um, I'm, I, I love anime. I just, like, you, just so you know what you're in for, this is an anime that you're it's playing. It's an anime. You're, you're in. You're in the world. Yes. This is not... It's dope. It, it is dope. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more of the game when I get the chance. Now, is the game, like, visually... is You said it's anime. Does it appear to... Like, is it in an anime style throughout, or is it... Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it's weird because... And I don't think this is exclusive to this game, and I haven't... This is not my original thought. Someone else made this up. Uh... Anime has gotten to the point where the in-game graphics are actually usually better looking than the anime. <laughs> you know what? That's true. I feel I feel that's very true. What the South Park game? I get, I know that's not anime, but that looked just like the actual show. Right. Exactly. They were able to basically one hundred percent replicate the style, and with uh, with the games where they're trying to emulate anime, like now they can do these like super sharp HD, fluidly animated characters, and it's almost. It's almost pointless to have the actual like anime cutscenes in there. Might as well just play on through. Yeah, wow. Ugh. Now this game is for the Nintendo Wii U. It just came out a couple weeks ago now. Okay. It's probably gonna sell like eight copies in America. I, I just not now. Play. It's gonna sell nine. Yeah. Well, I don't have a Wii U. But <laughs> now is the right. No, now is not the right time to start owning a Wii U. But, yeah, uh, no, I think it's gonna. The price is gonna drop soon. <laughs> yeah, it just might. <laughs> I think they're talking already about literally not making any more Wii U's. Like they're just like, we're done. We're good. Oh my god, it's gonna be like Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there are some parallels to the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, like, I didn't. I've never put those two together. I've never connected that. But yeah, <laughs> just like it's just gonna. I think be underappreciated. And in time, people will be like, oh, actually, there were some good games on there. It's just, like, they did a really uh, lousy job of putting the system together and mm. marketing and stuff like that. Uh, Such a shame. Tokyo Mirage. Yeah. Tokyo Mirage. Session. 
session. Hashtag FE. Hashtag FE. And there was one other game I did play. Oh, okay. I'm playing a mobile. Dang. Yeah. This, well, this is my portable you're, game. You're mobile and you're, and you're, yeah. you're for here. You know how it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm playing Tap My Katamari. Okay. Okay. Is that a... This also sounds very Japanese. It's very Japanese. <laughs> Have you played any of the Katamari games? I've never... I feel like such a noob around you all the time. Because I don't <laughs> ever play any Japanese games. It, it's... It's a mixed blessing. <laughs> Uh, Katamari Damacy is this game where it's like you're this little tiny dude, like an inch high, and he's the prince of the cosmos, and you oh. have to roll a ball called a Katamari around the, the level, which is just like a real world setting, mm-hmm. and roll up things. You, things will stick to the ball if they're smaller than it. Okay. So you want to roll up small things like pennies and dice and pencils and stuff at first. And, and then gain mass. Exactly. You gain mass over time. Oh, yeah. And you can get, like, you'll start out in, like, a living room. You roll up all the stuff in the living room. You can break out to the outdoors and start rolling up, like, chairs and, like, street signs and stuff. And then even, like, people. <laughs> this is great. They've made a, a few of these games. Tap My Katamari is the newest one for mobile. Okay. And it's what's called an idle clicker, where... Oh. Uh, so there are two parts to it. First off, there's the part where you're doing the clicking part, where if you have the game open, you press the button and it does the thing. Love so it. The prince rolls the ball, he rolls up stuff over time, you get little money that you can use to spend to power up the prince, make him roll up more stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the idle part is you can recruit your cousins to come and roll the ball while you're not playing. Yeah! You can make the game play itself. Oh my, that's beautiful. It's very strange to me, and it makes me question my interest in video games at at a deep philosophical level. That's like a strategy-based, like you're a general. You're a general in an army of ball rollers, and you are recruiting an army. That's part of a business bill. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel better. But on a whole scale, like looking at... Looking at it from an outside view. Yeah. Little... I got this cool game. I don't even have to play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's playing right now while we're recording. I have it on my phone in the background. And he it's... pulled it out to check. I can verify he pulled it out to check during this talk. It was very rude of me, but I had to check. And when you come back to the game, it's like, oh, the, the cousins rolled up all this money for you. And you get all this money at it and you can power up the cousins. So they roll better. They roll the ball faster and better while you're away. <laughs> Are these these aren't real people? These are no. like computer. Okay. Yeah, they're all they're all like in child like the prince. That like he, there's the prince and then there's a, there's a whole royal family. Oh, that's this is great. I'm glad. Tap my katamare. If you you have a PS3. Yes, I do. Uh, you can download the original. It's a PS2 classic on there. It's digital Ooh. download. Probably like five bucks or something. Okay. You, you Just might, roll, some, roll some stuff. See what happens. Yeah, you, I mean, you, know, you might be into it. It's like a, it's a pretty short game, and you, you probably know right away whether you like to do the game mechanic or not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you I like, don't like rolling. Well, then it's probably right out of the window. <laughs> I would not recommend it to people who do not like to roll. In digital format. <laughs> In digital format. We all rolling. <laughs> We're rolling right now. We're rolling deep. Yeah. We were rolling deep in Bill's palatial studio apartment. The waves in the air are sensational right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, those are the games I've been playing. Anything else that I cut you off earlier? Or did, was there... Uh, 
<coughs> no, I, well, like I said, I'm playing Last of Us Remastered uh, on the PS4. Uh, very good, very clean. I, if you haven't played it yet, I'd recommend it. They've got like uh, just a higher frame rate, so everything is just cleaner and so I wouldn't say more fun, but it's like you're playing almost a new game with the same plot. I'll I'll get to it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Pl- I never played the original. Well, you I, never I, played the original? I played like an hour. All right. Well, when I, I finish, you can borrow it. Okay. It's insane. Like I, I've heard, like the hour, the first hour wasn't that great, but I've heard it gets better once you like get into the meat of the story. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a little bit of uh, getting like. You gotta meet up with some guys and then do your do your mission. Okay, all right then. I'll, well, yeah, I'll give oh, it uh, shot. I got the remastered version. Awesome. I can play it in high definition, sixty uh, beats hertz. I don't know what the re- the frame rate is, but I'm sure it's good. I'm it's, sure it's really good. good. <laughs> it's a really good frame rate. I'm Very sure. smooth. Very Into smooth. that frame rate. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag fr. Hashtag fr. <laughs> And then when you get the session attacks in Last of Us, you have the, the axe. Oh. And then and a sword. And then that, like Ellie, she shoots the gun at the same time or something. I'm guessing I've seen her on the box. Oh yeah, yeah. Ellie has a gun. Nice, excellent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I haven't actually played the online mode, but I've heard like I've heard a lot of great things about it. Oh. I should get. I did hear, yeah, like, I read a couple articles, like, it's not what you would expect for an online multiplayer, like, there are survival elements, like, you're trying to, you play matches to get extra resources, and you're trying to, like, scavenge in the multiplayer maps, and, like, try and get more ammo and stuff, so that the next time you go out, you got better stuff, so that sounded pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, 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 I've, I've heard good things, I just, nine to five, got a nine to five job going. Same. Can't stay up till 2 a.m. Oh, no, I, I I had that one night last week. I was playing Overwatch, and that was a big mistake. Oh, it hurts you know, so bad. It, it really does. <laughs> but it feels so good at the time. It, it feels like a great idea at the time, but you're, like, paying compound interest on that loan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're getting old, Bill. Yeah, we are. <laughs> on that note, let's, uh, since those are the games we've played, let's move on to Choose Your Fighter, and that's where we've uh, talked about Melissa and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Uh, now, last time, in last episode, uh, Luis scored a flawless victory in that he did his thing, and I didn't talk about my thing. Oh. Yeah, it was a really... Uh, we were talking about gambling in Counter-Strike. Oh, wow. Yeah, so check out uh, last episode, episode 60, to hear about that, or there are a bunch of articles out there online right now about this. There's a huge scandal. There's a lawsuit against Valve. There are these YouTube streamers who are coming out and saying they were working for uh, like lottery or gambling companies without notifying people. Like, oh wow! As you get, you know, FTC violation. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But that sounds like a good topic, man. It is, but that's not my fighter. That's not who I chose. That was who oh. Luis chose. My fighter. Kickstarter. Uh, so there was an article recently that came out on Polygon.com d- discussing how Kickstarter funding in 2016 has declined compared to previous years at this point in the year. Now, this also comes mere weeks after Mighty Number no. 9 came out. Uh, Mighty Number no. 9 is a game funded through Kickstarter. It was originally funded for some amount, like, like I think two to three million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a chunk of change. It is. 
Uh, they, they worked on it. They had to go back and ask for more funding to finish the game. They also, the company also launched a separate Kickstarter to fund a separate uh, game that was also a Mega Man successor. Oh, man. Come on. And the game was delayed a bunch. And then there was this really weird tone-deaf uh, advertising campaign that came out. Really, it was just one video. Uh <laughs> And after, then the game came out and it sucked, which was probably the worst part. Everything else would have been fine if the game didn't suck. I, that's usually how it goes, but the game sucked. Yeah, yeah. I, Kickstarter in general. Ah. I, I feel like there's a, a misconception, just because this is like a new thing for a lot of people, where you, know, you usually buy a product or a service and you have an expectation of what that should be based on that company's backing and prior experience or peer experience yeah and with kickstarter i mean i mean not that anyone could do it i mean hopefully i get i think anyone can do it anyone can do it i mean you have to submit like materials and show stuff they're a little better uh than like indiegogo i I, actually i don't i don't know that's not true i don't know about indiegogo but you have to show some on some level you are building a thing like usually that involves including a demo of Mm. the thing you're making like a demo or a, a teaser reel Sometimes it doesn't. I, I've seen some Kickstarters. There was one that was like had one backer for $14. It was like, we would like to make a Call of Duty type game. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to uh, like hire the best people in the business oh, and, and, and talk to people and like figure out how, how this game should be made. And it was, it was yeah, you know, you could tell. What? I think it was like a GoFundMe for potato salad one time. I mean, that's not game related. But yeah, I think you can do, you can do any could do anything and uh you don't have you have instead of having one major like uh funder you've got maybe hundreds potentially thousands uh of funders and i mean they're not gonna individually not gonna hold your feet to the fire unless like we band together and go hold people's feet to the fire well uh, that's part of the the thing is because kickstarter it takes a very hands-off approach once the, the funding is in place. They are not going to offer refunds for funding. Uh, that's, you know, you got to go through the company for that. And most of the time when things go really sideways, the, there's no funding to be had. All the money's gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like the game development process is just such... I know very little about it, but from what, from what I do know, it's crummy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know a lot about it, but I know enough to be glad I'm not a game developer. This sounds like a very, very hard line of work to be in. Oh, yeah, totally. Woof. And, and with these fundraisers, I just, like, I don't know what expectations people have going into these projects for what they're going to receive. Yeah, because it's not like you have a playable demo, even. No, not normally. And, yeah, you just have a concept and maybe, like, someone's good name. Like, I they've developed other games before but you don't really have any idea of of what you're buying who who you're buying it from right and when they're gonna deliver it exactly i mean that that's a lot of it and people do try and attach names to these projects like mighty number nine uh they attached kenji inafune he's like one of the considered the creator of Mega Man. so they're like he's gonna work on this project and then uh with bloodstained which is one of the games that's coming out uh that was actually previewed at e3 it's so far, so good is what I would say on that one. That they attached uh, Koji Igarashi to that one. He's the guy who made Castlevania. 
and this is appropriately enough a spiritual successor to Castlevania. Though another part of this is it that it a lot of the times the funding isn't the funding either. Because what, elaborate and expand upon that. Well, uh, maybe you're like, uh, we can get funding from this other group, but we need to know that there is fan interest. So you go to Kickstarter, get, reach this goal, hit three million, we'll kick in another six. I see. It's just kind of a, a show, of, <coughs> a show of interest for uh, potential uh, customers. Right. Like, uh, for example, there were the Broken Age games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were adventure games made uh, by uh, Double Fine, and and they were like, "This is the game we can afford to make. We have three. We got like three million dollars in funding. We can make an adventure game from this." We actually, and they're like, "Well, because because we meet our reached and exceeded our expectations, we can do this big thing." Actually, it turned out they could. They had to delay it and then ask for more funding and break it up into two parts. Dang it! But I digress. (laughs) Yeah, like. It's sometimes unclear what what you're actually funding. If the thing you're making or buying into is the actual amount they're going to need to build the game, that that goes to them because they're not a business necessarily. They're probably just trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I man, Kickstarter. I, I guess what are you just, doing to us? I guess just the biggest thing I would say is like with a lot of these, it, it shows that like. You, you will probably get something as a final product. It's, it's you know, there are, there are stories out there of, like, people running off with all the funding for games or, like, they go, we didn't budget right and this game will never happen. That does happen. But right. I think it does get a little bit sensationalized. What you have to understand, though, is sometimes you just won't get a good thing, which is, like, with Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, like, looking at... The, I was just looking at like the, the most funded games on Kickstarter. Like you can just look at their records of like what are the most funded, and just try to get an idea of where these all are. And most of them, I would say, are healthy in that they're they're in development. They are giving updates to the the backer to say here is what we're doing, what, good or bad. This is what we're working on right now. Right. And I mean, people will complain inevitably if you delay your thing. But if you're being communicative, that's I think at least a step in the right direction. Uh, the things that worry me are like, uh, so I mentioned, you know, people running off with the funding. There's a, the Homestuck game. Homestuck is a webcomic. They were going to make a video game out of it. They raised a bunch of money. The developer apparently ran off with all the money. And so now they're starting over from scratch. And they're, st- they're still going to try and make a game. Are there? I feel like there have to be legal ramifications for these kinds of things. Is this just... So they are trying to, I mean... There are, but it's like the person who started the project has to go to that developer and, like, duke it out with them in court. Right, right. I guess because, like, I've already spent the money maybe building a crummy game or the start of a crummy game, and then uh, then it didn't didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. And then, like, their last update is December 2015. Ooh. Yeah. So that's not. That's a, good, a long time ago. It is a long time ago. It's not a good sign. Uh, another one was Star Citizen. Now, Star Citizen is a game. It, it did reach its uh, backing goal, but after that, they're like, you know what? This was such a good idea. We're just going to keep funding the game. So that was about. They started funding two or three years ago, I would say. And they're still taking funding now. Yeah, they're still making the game. They're like, oh. they're, there's re- really almost no game yet. Actually, the idea about this game is 
uh, I'm not even sure I can accurately describe what the game is. It's like, you go out in the ship, you're a dude, you can fly a ship, and you can fly the ship around doing space combat and trading and stuff, and you can also be a dude who walks around on planets. It's like meant to be this gigantic MMO, like bigger than any other MMO I've ever heard of, with like space sections. Space and planets, man. Yeah, I mean, right there, space and planets. And like their, their funding is like tens of millions of dollars, and they haven't put out anything yet. They're still That's taking annoying. funding. Because they're, what they're doing now is they're selling premium ships to people. They're saying, when the game launches, if you pay $1,000, you'll get this dope-ass ship. It'll be no. Like, like the Millennium Falcon, but cooler. When right? the when the game launches. Yeah. It'll be like the bullet the bullet hack on Mario Kart. What's the bullet hack? Where people, it was terrible. It was when people could just be the in the Mario Kart Wii version. You could become a bullet, and it like takes you essentially into first place. And you could just leave that on for the whole game, for the whole race, just as a bullet, and no one can beat you. How much did that hack cost? <laughs> I don't know. Probably, well, probably not much. Probably probably not as much as $1,000. <laughs> no. No. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of lost my uh, lost the train here. Oh, Homestuck will give you a ship for $1,000, and that's ridiculous because they're not, they're never going to come out with a product. No, they're, they're, I don't think there are any ships in the Homestuck comic to begin with. I've never even I've read never Homestuck. Read, I've never oh. read Homestuck. Uh, and nor will I, Homestuck. <laughs> it just, I guess overall is what I would say is just when you are funding these games, when I try and fund these games, you know, just you are ba- making a donation. You may get something back in the end, but it's not a guarantee. You may not even like the thing you get back. Just be aware of that when you are funding a project, yeah. any project, really. Kickstarter. I guess, yeah, it just hurts us more because we're little, we're little guys. We're just the little guys fighting for... Uh fighting for our games. We're not a big business. And, and so often these are niche products that are specifically marketed to a small subsection of a fan base. Like, uh, I mean, there's uh, Ukulele, which is like a Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, it's another spiritual successor. Mm. Uh, there's Shenmue 3. Shenmue, you know, is like this Sega Dreamcast game that was super popular. Well, not really super popular, but like has a, kind of popular. a, a passionate fan following. Uh-huh. And stuff like that is getting funded, but people are not always going to get what they're hoping for out of these products. Such a sad, sad news story that you brought in. I did. I did. So, I mean, I probably would have lost to Luis's story anyway. <laughs> that was, I mean, Luis's story sounded pretty high stakes. It did. How, uh, how about your story? Speaking I... of high stakes. High stakes, okay. Uh, uh, mine is some, the highest of stakes. Uh, so, I used to work for the United States Air Force uh, in Right after college, I worked in a, a behavioral a behavioral science lab. I was a physicist myself, but we had lots of different career paths there. That's the whole background to what I'm getting into. We worked with a lot of crowd control tactics. Um, and so I thought it'd be cool to talk about some of the practical applications of, you know, gaming engines. Um, we definitely use a lot of physics and gaming engines uh, and uh, just response engines to kind of map out crowd control tactics for (laughs) weapons and uh, (laughs) like we're like all right so there's a crowd of people here if we shoot this kind of laser at their faces what what do they do um yeah so so would you guys 
guys and girls, would they buy like an engine and then you would develop a program based on that and then use that to like run tests and stuff? Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, man, I wish I could name a name. Like of the engines or? Of the engines, yeah, but I can't remember them offhand. I was too busy building the lasers. Uh, but it was it was a really cool cool kind of thing um, to see. I remember kind of rudimentary before we got into using gaming uh, gaming engines. We would maybe have like little little triangles, uh, just one two dimensional triangles, uh, and we would sh- draw circles and be like, "These are people doing things in crowd control <laughs> environments," uh, which investors and uh, and, and people. Even humans don't even get a get good picture of like what kind of crowd dispersion tactics you can use. But uh, once we started using uh, some of the some of the nicer gaming engines, we had actual people walking around. They would get in fights. It was cool. Some of the engines I can think of off the top of my head are like the Unreal Engine. I, I it's definitely not the Unreal Engine. I Frostbite. I feel like it had a three in it. Crytek? Uh, okay. I, like, uh... No! <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, when I think of crowd games, I think of, or games with large crowds, at least, I, I think of, like, Assassin's Creed, uh, Dead Rising, remember, like, State of Emergency. But, I mean, those yeah. people would be, they would use, like, AI to resemble behavior in the game. Uh, like, would you use the engine then to, like, develop your would that come with AI or like a lot of time yeah most of the times uh, they would come with AI obviously you're gonna have to code in uh, program in certain thing like thresholds like so uh, I'll one one really cool project that we we built was this uh, this big it looks like a, an, a satellite dish and it shot microwaves at people and it made you have the sensation of feeling like you were on fire. Oh my god. Yeah, which is going to be different from like if you shined a laser that made someone unable to see. You're going to have to uh, take those things into account, but for the most part uh, yeah, it was just as simple as like taking taking this cool crowd crowd engine and throwing in just uh, throwing in your fire your fire lasers and your <laughs> And, and so, Your like, bombs. so you would you would have the behavior you would you would model in the engine like what your thing would do and it would like set off a certain trigger on the AI models and you would see like how they would react. Yeah, if they would disperse like rapidly, if people would get crushed to death, that kind of. Usually, I'm not the most rational when I think I'm on fire. So I, uh, you know, they would they offered to free tests like uh, you could. Stand in, stand in the microwaves and feel the fire, and everybody in my office did it. But I was like, nope. I don't want to feel that. I don't need. I don't need to know what that is. I, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's. I, I'm assuming there are no long-term harmful effects. That's what they assumed as well. <laughs> we'll see who has the last laugh. I, I hope I never do. Honestly. <laughs> I hope we never find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, respectfully to your line of work. Yes, I'd rather, I'd rather not. Know the simulated effects of being on fire. No, I mean that's what, yeah, that's and that's much better than setting a group of people on fire. Just use, just use some gaming software. We're saving people. Yeah. And monkeys. Um, we're actually starting a Kickstarter for Bill's Battlefield. Uh, if you'd like to contribute, just go to www. 
builds. Build B I L D the battlefield. And and you know we we got plans. We're we're gonna bring in like top flight developers. Top developers. Uh, best of the best. I mean we're in Chicago, so we know we, we know uh, Iron Galaxy, Nether Realm. These are companies that exist in Chicago, and I'm sure we could be like one of them. We're gonna put links to their websites on the on the Kickstarter. We're just gonna have a picture of like Sub Zero on there. <laughs> Sub Zero is pretty cool. I liked Cyber Sub Zero. That was a good choice. I like that. Spoilers from Mortal Kombat Nine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dang uh, it. So just like if you're a if you're an entry level backer, five dollars. You know, thank you, thank you for the donation. We'll get you some skins too. We'll get you some skins. Uh, Fifteen dollars. You know, welcome. We'll send you like a little letter in the mail saying thanks. You can still enjoy the benefits of the five dollar package. Twenty dollars. We'll send you a YouTube link to your email. Yeah. And it's a video of Bill building a battlefield. Yeah, I, I've got lots of Legos. Uh, so I'm going to build some real-life battlefields because that's, that's my form of simulation. That's how we That's how we kind of get into the mode. I've got, I've got a microwave oven. I'm just going to open the door and just, like, we'll see how the crowd of Legos disperse. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be very realistic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just uh, it's been what we've been working on for a little while in the background. Maybe a little bit of gambling in there, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you ever go to this, I can really recommend steamlotto.com. I went there. I won so many skins. Uh, I don't have to disclose anything. I'm not. I don't regret any uh, like gambling or telling underage people to gamble either. That's cool. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, doggy dog, doggy dog. Sad that it was for skins. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst of all video game prizes when you like. I guess these Counter Strike players are super serious about their skins, though. Ugh. Like I, some people get into skins, I guess. Like in Overwatch, there are some skins, and it's like they're trying to get you to buy them. It's it's uh, right. You can unlock them over time. You uh, every level you go up, you get a loot box, and it randomly unlocks like skins and stuff. But otherwise, you can. Here's the nasty part: you can't just buy the skin. You buy loot boxes. Oh, so you don't even get to choose the skin you want? Right. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, 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 skins are like, before we before we had skins, I'm going back to the old days of before you could buy stuff online. PlayStation 2, I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about some Nintendo. Well, I mean, back then they wouldn't even consider it. They would just put it in the game. Or right. it would be a cheat code. They didn't, they didn't figure out, they either didn't know how to monetize it or they didn't care to monetize it. And Skins are lame. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna say it. I, you don't just play as yourself. I, I kind of want the Thera skin though, where she Dang looks it. like a, she looks like a robot. Sometimes skins are cool. And like uh, when you shoot her rocket launchers, you, there's a number that shows you how many rockets are left. It's, All right, it's kind of cool. I retract everything I said about skins. Where can I buy a loot box? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's playoverwatch.com. <laughs> playoverwatch.com. Uh, I think that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close, though. Ah, so fun. Bill? I'm glad. Uh, Melissa, anything going on? Any projects? Anything you want people to be aware of? Uh, uh, you know what? Follow, follow me on Twitter. I'm at uh, hamster underscore mom. We're, we're <laughs> mutual followers now. So oh, yeah. Follow, just look at Bill's friends. Bill has some good friends, but you can all, you know. Add, I'm in there. At hamster underscore mom for <laughs> Melissa. Uh, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com 
Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts, support independent art, the spirit of Dell compels you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you need to get a Snapchat in there. Oh man, I do. I... Dude, you can do some sick snaps of your uh, your bits. <laughs>